how's it going, sir? <laughs> I was gonna say something different, but why change? It's, it's good. Keep it. Yeah, man. It's uh, what people have come to enjoy about us, you know. Well, hello, sir. How was your week? Hello. It was good, man. It was uh, it was eventful for once, which was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. How about how about how about you? Mm-hmm. Mine was the same thing three days in a row, but eventful mm. nonetheless. Right, right. Let's talk about that. What did you, you do talk for about three mine days? First? Three days in a row. Yeah. So this episode is going to be us just talking about our weekends, but. <laughs> Uh, so see you later. You know, <laughs> it's about, you know, live events and stuff that we did. So it's at least maybe sort of interesting. So sure. we'll just, we'll just get into it. Well, tell us about your weekend. Says your gentleman for letting me talk first. Um, yeah. So this weekend we did a triple header, which I don't know if you call that a triple header, um, yeah. at Hastings, Nebraska at the venue. We liked the Lark mm-hmm. and it was awesome, man. We had... The same people coming back um, for three nights. A lot of a lot of the people were the same. On the last night, I asked who all had been there since Thursday, and there was like a majority of the people came to all three. And I was like, "Wow, that's Dope. that's cool." Yeah, especially because I understand people have kids and life. Mm. So I, it just there's nothing quite like that. And um, Nick and I tried some new versions of some older songs and it was so cool to have people like i'm gonna sound like a little kid but just to have people recognize the song just Mm -hmm. from like right when the vocals came in or like if we still did the uh a specific guitar part or something but Mm -hmm. but it could start the song with piano instead people still got it i mean right i was nervous i i wanted that to happen um but yeah as far as the hangs and you know um it was great being able to stay set up at the venue is super nice. You know, you don't have to reset right. up every night. So we got to like, I think people think we make an excuse after the show. I mean, you've been there. That takes a really long time to get out of there. Right. Yeah. And uh, it was nice to be able to actually go hang out with people afterwards and and good old right. Hastings, a few places. Yeah, go. I was going to say, like how, I mean, I I personally know how it changes, but for people who don't understand, like yeah. how do things change for you, you know, when you go from having to pack up and run to the next town right away to playing? Because mm-hmm. you you've done this at some other venues too, where you play like a few nights in a row. So yeah. like how, how do the other days look different from like a normal show day for you? Yeah, I mean... As far as like the beginning of the day, I mean, you, for one, you usually get to sleep in, which is cool. Right. And then um, usually on a normal show day, we usually get there early afternoon. And so um, like when we got to stay set up, we didn't have to get there till like three or four o'clock, doors open a couple hours later. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. even know if we had to be there that early. We just didn't know what to do with our hands, you know, like right. I was <laughs> not really sure. <laughs> where to go or what to do. So, um, yeah, it cuts all the time down on that, the stress of it really. Uh, this honestly, man, might be the first time I've ever done a show and three in a row specifically that there was not a sound problem. Not really. There was not even like the cute one that happens that you get to make a joke about like nothing. Mm. It was just mm. all show, all great. Nice. So I don't know who killed the ghosts in that building before we got there, but 
appreciate it. You uh, <clears throat> you guys didn't do your own sound. Use the the house guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's this guy there that um, he's kind of a regional guy, and um, he works really closely with the venue. He does all their acts, and he just, I mean, we've worked with him several times, so we are getting comfortable with him. Right. And he's getting comfortable with us. He's kind of messing around with some light stuff and, and, and some vocal things. He'll like throw some echo and verb on mm. the end of some phrases to kind of make it like mm. in the recordings we have. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I always have something to complain about it, well, at least with you, you know, and I just, right, right. I told you, you know, I texted you and said that just all felt so good. So nice. I, I hope you had a good weekend too. Unless yeah, you have more questions for me about it. No, I don't have any more. It's mostly for the <laughs> listeners' benefit. I really could care less about what, 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 what happened to your weekend. Well, I've lived. I'm, you know, I've lived know. It with. I've lived that experience. I, I love the Lark. It's a such a great room. It um, is. It's kind of venues like that are cool in their own right. You know, they're definitely small, so they don't feel the same as like the bigger shows that we've played. But yes, for some reason, those small shows always have like this special thing about them that I can't yep. really explain. Like, I don't know what it is either. They're never like, they're never really as cool traditionally like you would think. You can't like, you have to play a certain way and um, you can't bring like maybe all of the band members that you would want or anything, mm -hmm. but sometimes those challenges are what makes it interesting. Like you have to play the songs differently generally and stuff. So I think, I think you're really right about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so my weekend, I did something that I have never done before, which was kind of exciting. We went to a uh, stand-up comedy show out of town, uh, which I've never been to a real stand-up comedy show. <laughs> you and I once w watched a guy try to do stand-up oh, comedy. Can we talk about that first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can. We can. Uh, so some one random weekend, um, Tyler and I met up in Lincoln, um, I don't really remember why we were both in that area, but uh, we oh, just kind of like it worked out. My son was in the hospital. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> just that little little that detail. Little detail. <laughs> anyway, we we met up there and we went out um, downtown and had some drinks at this uh, cigar bar. And um, unbeknownst to us, this was comedy night at this place. So they had <laughs> some like supposedly like quote-unquote touring comedian, which, you know, that all that means is he does comedy in a couple different towns, right? <laughs> he doesn't like it was, do it at home. <laughs> right. It seemed like a, uh, a loose, loosely, loose use of the word touring, but what yeah. do I know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, you guys can tell where I'm going with this. The guy was terrible. Like, I did not <laughs> think very well, very highly of him. Um, it was one of those, like, poop, poop, farts, sex, poop, farts kind of shows. <laughs> so like. Stupid. Every every joke, every joke was literally about poop, sex, and farts, like all at the same time. It was, it was terrible. Um, the guy who who owned the venue was there, and he was the only one laughing. And yeah, he, he loved it. He was the kind of guy that would get a kick out of poop and fart jokes, like you could tell by looking at him. But uh, you should talk about how how you had to like sneak out oh, when we yeah. tried to leave. Well, I just had this feeling because. I don't know. Maybe we should have just left at the same time, but we sort of felt like we didn't want to just get up on this guy and walk out. We were right. sitting at the bar right in the middle and, you know, everyone that was looking at him saw us on the corner. Right. So we kind of devised this plan, like, you'll get up and go and then I'll give it a minute 
and then I'll head out. So between the time that you walked out and I walked out, I got involved in one of his jokes. And I, I don't even know how to really talk about it on here, but um, he was just talking about guys having names for their extremities. Their, their private parts. And he said something about me, like, this guy's probably calls his Johnny Rocket or something. And I was like, no one laughed. I I might have been the only one that, like, acknowledged that he said it and smiled because yeah. I didn't know what else to do. Right. I got up right after that and then I was like I don't care if people yeah. I have the right to leave right <laughs> yeah that guy's style like I don't know if it's because he knew he was bombing yeah or if this is what he always does but he was definitely picking on the audience very mm -hmm. quickly going around and, and he was picking on the venue very like he was like this place of effing shithole and stuff. <laughs> and was, the guy, the owner was laughing. I was like, what? Very self-deprecating humor of this one, I guess. But it was just one of, yeah, I don't know. It's like he didn't have any material. He was trying to improv and yeah. all he could think about was schoolyard stuff. So You know what I kind of um, think it was, man? I think he tried one, a clever joke, and and nobody got it. Mm, because, it could be. Because if it was clever, I think people would have laughed, but it still wasn't. Yeah. He might have thought it was. And then when he realized he might have just been working with some people that didn't really care, he was like, I'm talking about poop for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So anyway, all that to say, that was my only other experience with like a stand-up comedian. Low, low bar. <laughs> uh, it was a low bar. Um, we went down to Tulsa to see um, Joe Rogan live, which, you know, I've been a fan of Joe Rogan for a long time. And I've told a lot of people recently that I was going to see them, see him and they kind of, I got a lot of mixed reactions. Um, some people hate him, which I get because he has a very specific persona. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I didn't like was the people, um, there was a number of people that were like, I can't believe you're going to go see him because of the way that he is about COVID. Like the things mm -hmm. that he said about COVID and his stance on vaccines and stuff. And I'm like, me going to see him is not going to unvaccinate myself. So like, I don't know why, you know, I hate, I, I'm not going to rant about this, but I just hate this mentality of like, just because someone does something that you don't agree with, that means you can't, like you can't appreciate the other things that they do or whatever. Like mm. there's a lot of nuance in this life. So uh, I yeah. like to leave room for that. But anyway, um, I was really excited to go because his standup is usually really funny. Um, I've listened to his podcast a lot, but I, I do really like his stand-up, so we were excited to go. Um, we left here Friday night at like 5, and um, I, for some reason, my phone, like my GPS wasn't working when we left, and my only experience driving to Oklahoma has been to Oklahoma City, mm -hmm. and me, being an idiot, just assumed, well, it's on the yeah. way. Go towards there, yeah. Yeah, just go that way. <laughs> Eventually, my phone will start to work, and it'll be fine. Well, yeah. we drove, luckily it wasn't that long, but we drove about 25, 30 minutes in that oh, direction no. before my girlfriend goes, are you, does it, it tells you to go this way to get to Tulsa too? She's from Oklahoma, so she right, knows where right, Tulsa right. is. And I was kind of in a mood because I had just wrapped up like a long <laughs> work day. It was a long, I'm going to say it was a long ass week. And then this yeah. was on Friday. So I was kind of in a mood. And she knew my phone wasn't working and I kind of turned and looked at her. I was like, how the, f 
am I supposed to know? My phone won't work. And she was like, okay, I'll pull it up. Sure enough, I was going in the exact opposite direction that we needed to go. So um, that's how it started. Flipped around. Luckily, I, like I said, we hadn't even got out of town yet. So it was not that big of a deal. It was all on the highway. Like 20 so some minutes, long. 25 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but because I didn't look up where we were going before we left, I had no idea that the the trip was like all back road highways for like, it was like a four hour drive. Three hours of those were like two lane back road highways, yeah, you know, really? through the hills. And like, yeah, I really expected it to be a more, uh, you know, interstate drive, yeah. but it was, and it was dark. So I hate driving in the dark, especially this time of year when all the deer are out. So I was mm. like super stressed the entire drive. Mm. The highway was super narrow, had no, uh, no, sh mm. what is it called? Shoulder on either side. So I was mm -hmm. just, stressing for like four straight hours Damn. anyway nothing happened saw a lot of deer none of them none of them tried me thank god <laughs> i was about to mow them if they did but <laughs> yeah you would taking them out yeah which that's what you're supposed to do right you're supposed yeah, to just go stop. through them yeah um i did though in addition to my anxiety of driving at night we got about halfway there and i realized um, that a lot of venues these days are requiring people to bring their vaccine cards with them. Oh, yeah. And I realized that I didn't have mine. No. And I went into this frenzy of searching, like, telling Lauren to like, can you look it up? Can you make sure? Because like, I, if we're going to have to turn around, I'd rather do it now and then just make the trip in the morning. You know, all this. Damn. Um, the website didn't say anything about it. So thank, thankfully, um, we just kept on. I have a picture of it on my phone that I always figure I'll use in case I need it, but that you, know, you never work, know. If, right? I don't know. See, like to me, the picture on the phone is just as real as the actual card because yeah. the card is so ridiculously Detailed. stupid. You know, it's like mm -hmm. just printed out. It, there's no holograms on it or anything. Yeah, yeah. But, but to me, it, it should work. And a lot of places are taking that, but you just never know. But right. anyway, um, it didn't say anything about it, so we rolled the dice. Luckily, I didn't end up needing it, so that was good. But um, anyway, we got there perfectly fine. You know, I always get stressed out for no reason. <laughs> After but, all that. Yeah, I was definitely ready just to go to bed. We, we went to dinner and had a, had a couple drinks, and then I went to bed. Um, so we kind of just hung out in Tulsa the afternoon. The show was at um, 8, so I'll just skip forward to the actual event cause, um, everyone can just assume that we were eating and drinking all day beforehand, <laughs> which we were. Um, so the interesting part about this is the actual event itself. So mm -hmm. we we roll up to um, the event center. It's in an, it's an arena show, so it's in this big you know event center. Um, tons of people. Everybody there is exactly the kind of person that you would expect to go to a Joe Rogan comedy show. Like his prime demographic demographic audience is there. Um, what is that? Describe a lot that of, to me. A lot of flannel. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys that probably drive big trucks, kind of oh. kind of things. You know, so a little, little bit, little bit rough. Yeah, I mean, it is it is Tulsa. You know, Tulsa. Yeah, I had never been there, and I'm not not saying anything bad about those kinds of people. It's just like true. a very specific um, kind of folks that that live down there, yeah. and a lot of jokes were made at that expense. So I, oh, I don't really? feel I don't yeah I don't feel bad uh, saying that myself, but. Did they um, laugh at those jokes? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. It was it was all received well. But Man. um anyway, 
we got up to the security, like the, the metal detector and the girls, uh, my girlfriend and, um, her brother's fiance that we were there with, um, were told that their purses were too big, which oh, like, what? they're just like these small little purses, you know? So like, I don't know. Looking back on it, a lot of these things were things that we could have avoided by just like reading the rules before we oh, went. But we, we all that. just kind of assumed we could like roll up and just go, which I don't know, is usually not my forte, but that's just the mindset we took. So we learned that their purses are too small. And so we're like, what are we supposed to do with the purses? Because they were going to just give them like these Ziploc bags to put all their stuff in. Mm. And she's like, just take your purse out to your car. And we were like, well... We've been drinking all day, so we Ubered here like a, like responsible adults. Yeah. So what are we supposed to do? Just throw the purses away? Damn. And she's like, <sighs> she was super upset with us, which, you know, she's probably in her right to be because we didn't do our research, right? But sure. she's like, let me go get my supervisor. Supervisor comes over and is like, purse is too big? Yeah. Ubered here? Yeah. <laughs> Follow me. All right. So we follow this lady to like the corner off out of sight from the majority of people. And she's like, you two guys stand here and be kind of like a barricade. So no one sees what we're doing here. It's kind of you like two? top secret. Yeah. Me and my uh, girlfriend's brother. Damn. We're like, okay, whatever's happening. Fine. As long as we get in. Right. <clears throat> she has them dump all of their stuff into this gallon Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. And then also tells them to roll their purse up and put their purse inside the gallon Ziploc bag. That fit. And she there? says, "Yeah, like the the purse fit in a gallon Ziploc bag." To give you perspective on how big the purse was, it was definitely like a tight squeeze, but we made well, it happen. It let them in. Right. So here's the thing: I am never the kind of guy to be like poking holes in the logic of rules because <laughs> I just would rather follow the rule than spend the mental energy on like fighting with people about it. Yes. But in that moment, I was having a really hard time understanding how dumping everything into the plastic bag and then putting the purse in the plastic bag was any different than just letting them use the, the bag itself, like the purse itself. Like I get, you don't want people with big purses because they're hard to look through Sure. You have to look through everyone. It's a huge waste of time. You know, people could sneak in. God knows what. But if you're going to like literally roll a purse up like a newspaper, don't you think every like gun and knife and bomb and all the stuff that you'd be sneaking in would not m- make it through that exercise? Yeah, you know, didn't like, she just see the contents? Exactly. Yeah, like they could have uh. searched the bag. They could have patted down the bag and then just let them through. You know, and then the people inside probably would just assume that it was uh, searched, right? Oh my gosh! So it's one of these I'm things. Mind blown. If someone has some inside information about this <laughs> and can explain this to me, please let me know because I, I don't want to be like on the wrong side of this rule. Like I, yeah. I, I want to understand the logic, but it just seemed like one of those like workaround things, you know. So did they take those? Did they get to take those bags in? Yeah. Is it blocked? Yeah. Because so the the thing is you can have a purse of like I think almost any size as long as it's see through, but they they had just like regular leather purses you know yeah because the whole idea of not looking through a woman's purse doesn't matter when you're at a concert let's just let it be see through 
Right. Then you don't even have to look through it. You won't be an <laughs> You know asshole. exactly what they have on them. Yeah. <laughs> but then the, then the lady was like, you notice that a lot of these women are getting through real quick because they don't, people don't even carry purses with them anymore. And I was like, don't. Don't, don't get into the society. Right. Like, yeah. This is not, that's not me. what, you don't need to be telling these girls to just stop carrying purses. <laughs> you know, like that was not the problem here. <laughs> but the, the reason that they didn't have a purse was just because they did their homework. Like girls, mm. I, like I feel like all girls have purses, right? To Dude. some some degree, they try to bring, especially for something like that. How long are you going to be there? You got to bring. Right. I mean, they probably want to bring something, something you don't want to see in their purse. When I bring my wallet, and I know I'm going to be busy for a long time, my pockets, my jeans, they're full of gadgets and stuff. Right, keys and everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm mind blown. Like I said, I don't make the rules. And like the thing is, I want to reiterate, I'm not one of these guys that like every rule, I'm like, this rule's stupid for these reasons. Like people tell me to wear my mask, I wear my mask. Like I get we're all breathing recycled air on an airplane, but I'm going to put my mask, (laughs) you know, like just I don't want to be that guy. Like these people don't make enough money for me to argue with them. But in that (laughs) moment, I was like, this seems strange to me. Mm. So yeah, uh, we get through that ridiculous exercise of security, which, you know, I'm glad that they care about our security and safety, I guess. But Yeah, and you knew you were safe. Yeah, thank if God. If you'd have heard a gunshot in there, you would have been more surprised than you Yeah, how did they get through? They must have prison walleted that bad boy. What kind of but, gun is that? Is yeah. a small gun? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after that, we, uh, we were met with another... I don't, this isn't a security thing, but another step in the process to get in that we were not expecting. Um, I had forgotten that a lot of comedians these days are having people lock their phones up so they can't use their phone during the show. Really? So the way that this works is um, they give you this like nylon pouch that has a magnetic clasp at the top. That's the same kind of mechanism as like those security tags that they put on phone or clothes at the store. So you can't, open it once it's locked. So you have to put your phone in there um, and you have to put an Apple watch. Like if you're wearing an Apple watch, you have to put that in there because um, the reason is they don't want people recording the show and then sending it out to people for various reasons. Um, Mostly because like comedy is greatly ruined by having heard it before. You know, you can go see a band and like see a recording of it and still like have a good experience at the show. Right. But so much of comedy is like the surprise of the punch punchline. So if you've heard the bits before, it's kind of lame. Um, but then also like a lot of comedians have been pretty outspoken recently about like just being tired of people like being on their phones during the show and not being mm. not being present and, and stuff. And I, I can understand that. But yeah, um, it was the first time that had ever happened to me. And it was one of those experiences where you realize how addicted you are to your phone um, once you can't use it anymore, like, um, we first got there and, um, we, we kind of split up because I had to use the bathroom really bad for, you know, we had just, just eaten. I was full of stuff, you know, just, and then you had the whole, you know how it goes. I just had to go to the bathroom encounter. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I left my group, they were going to get, stay in line for drinks. I was going to go to the bathroom, right? We never really, clearly said let's just meet back at the seats which was the logical thing to do because that was the only place where we all knew that we were going to go for sure right sure so i went to the bathroom and then i just went straight to the seats and i was in the seat for like 
25, 30 minutes or something. Oh. The showtime was at eight and it was like 8.30 or something. So like every passing minute, I was like, the show hadn't started yet, but every passing minute, I was like, it's going to start soon and we're not all here. Like I was highly stressed out. Absolutely. I was like, I really hope they're not like waiting for me somewhere and I'm waiting for them here. And we're just like waiting for each other in two different places. And it made me think about like what it must have been like to do things like that before phones. Like I always watch, I watch shows like Friends or like Seinfeld and they're like, yeah, let's just meet there. Well, I'll meet you on this, at this corner, corner. at seven o'clock. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And then like, what happens if they don't go or they don't well, show that's, up? That's part of the show is like right. losing each other, you know, like on Seinfeld Kramer's like never there and right. like they get split up. You, can, yeah. you can't, you can't really do that joke now. Someone's I know. Someone's phone has to die. Right. Yeah. It was, I was kind of ashamed of myself at how, how much of my anxiety at that point was just purely on the fact that I couldn't use my phone and I knew they couldn't use their phones. Right. So it's Dude, not even like, it's not even, even like started. I could, I know, I know, but I was just afraid that like, okay, it's a, it's gonna start now and they're yeah. not here. Like I was, I felt like I was going to be the reason that they weren't at their seats because they were waiting for me somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, was my main, my main thought. So um, where were they? They were in line to get no. drinks. They were not, they were not waiting for me, bro. They did, they could uh -oh. care less about me. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to get drinks. It was a super long line. So like I kept reminding myself of that while I was having a panic attack in these seats. <sighs> yeah. um, they eventually, you know, they made it right as the show started. So it was like, it was perfect timing on their part. But uh, yeah, those, all those things together was like kind of, kind of an experience in its own. That's what I was saying. The show hadn't even started yet and you'd been through like everything you could go through yeah. that could go wrong from like right. driving there to right. getting yeah. seated. Like this yeah. sounds like a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. The whole thing, <laughs> the whole thing at the event center, like, like I said, it would not have been all that jarring to us had we just like read the documentation on the web. I'm sure it's posted somewhere, right? Sure. About the bags um, and... Yeah, we just assumed we could just go, you know, which I don't know, which is weird because I'm never that way. I'm always like, do I need my card? Do I need a mask? Yeah. Do I need all these things? And I just like kind of went to this thing. I, yeah. I forgot we were even going until like the day before, which is completely out of character for me too. Yeah, that like, is. These, these last kind of few weeks, I've just like been out of it, but... Um, so yeah, the, the live event thing is definitely weird these days. The show was great. Like after all that, everything was, was, it was hilarious. Like I, I'm so glad I went, um, I'm kind of got the bug to just go to stand up shows now. Um, I didn't cool. know there was going to be any openers, but there was, um, a girl that started, um, Laura Betts or Beats, I think started, mm -hmm. um, then Tony Hinchcliffe was the middle and then Rogan was the closer. Oh, she was and, a, God, it's cool. Opener. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those shows where it was super funny, but not for the faint of heart. Like if you're the yeah. kind of person that's easily offended, um, it wouldn't be all that fun for you. Like yeah. nothing was off limits, you know. That sounds fun. Um, it was interesting to me because I said, you know, I said the people that were there were definitely like Joe Rogan target market, right? It was interesting because he would say jokes like, the funny thing is, Rogan is definitely like a left-leaning individual for the most part. He has some like right-leaning tendencies like most like people. Sh most punches. people should be somewhere in the middle, right? In, sure. in my opinion. But he definitely um, leans left on a lot of things. And it was funny when he would like start to tell 
a joke that had a sort of leftist connotation. The part of the joke that people would cheer at was like the setup. And then he would give the punchline and they like kind of missed it because they were cheering at the part that was actually being, that was actually the butt of the joke. It was kind of ironic in a lot of ways. Interesting. But then he made, he's, he set up one joke and he was getting booed. And I almost didn't think he was going to recover from that one. I'm not going to spoil no the way. joke for any for anyone who is planning on seeing him or anything. Oh, that's yeah, but cool. there was, uh, yeah, it was weird. And then Booed he said something. He, he said something about the election, and there's that one person that yelled "F Joe Biden" and stuff. It's like, what? Oh. What brings people to yell from the nosebleed of an arena? <laughs> their political opinion, like I, it's just I don't beer. I don't. Yeah, honestly, yeah, alcohol. <laughs> Right, has a lot to do with it. I've never been that guy though, you know, so I don't yeah, understand. I know. Wow, that's kind of crazy. Did he came back from it though? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he did, but like it, it wasn't until he started another joke, really. Like the Yeah, like the punchline of that joke really didn't land and then he had to like go on to the next premise before he like got people back, but Well, he's talked about bombing before. Right. So he surely knows his way out of that by now. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think he just I have this thing where it's weird because I'm not a comedian and I kind of learned in this experience that I'm just, uh, because we've talked before about how when we go to concerts, we spend the whole time like analyzing the show, not really like watching the band, enjoying the experience. I am not a comedian, but I spent Mm -hmm. the whole show doing the same thing, just like analyzing the art form. I think I have more of an appreciation for like the the time that people spend to create the thing, you know? Mm. And so, you know, I think he really knew his material. Um, he knows, like, he probably knew that wasn't going to do well there, but he wanted to try anyway, you know, and he knew I was yeah. going to get out of it and stuff. And a little edgy. Um, I spent a lot of time just thinking about, this is my thing with, with comedy too. Like, uh, this whole episode so far has been like me ranting. So please yeah, stop me at, at, at any I'm, time. But, this is super interesting. If it's just me, it's fine. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. Um, my thing with comedy is like I really enjoy thinking about my favorite style of comedy is like the observational comedy, right? People observing the world around them and making comments and remarks. I, yes. I kind of do the same sort of thing, but just not like a stand-up comedian right. type of way. So I really like that style. And I spent a lot of time during the show and even just when I watch stand-up in general, like thinking about the premise, like thinking through the whole thing, like premise of the joke. Um, Because a lot of the times I feel like the comedians, whatever they're saying is not actually what they think about things. It's just like the funny resolution to a ridiculous sort of thing Mm -hmm. that they've observed, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people these days though, and I don't really want to get on my soapbox about it, but are just so ready to be offended or so ready to be, to argue with someone about something that they can't just appreciate the joke, right? Yes. There are some things that are inherently not funny and that like you shouldn't say and things like this, but they really skirted the line that night of things that you probably shouldn't say. And I mm-hmm. I really think, dude, the key is just delivery and the key is context and like nuance, yes. right? Yes. Like you have to understand what you're signing up for when you go to a stand-up comedy show that like it's going to get a little raw, you know, Man. especially those guys where like they're, they're not claiming to be clean comedians or anything. It's not even just the vulgar language. It's like 
the subject yeah. matter was pretty raw, you know? The, and the amount of stuff that they say during their performances and they somehow get out scot-free without having said that one thing that kind of... Right. Like there was that Dave Chappelle thing a little while back. Mm-hmm. He, he said so much during his special and it's like this one little thing just got, yeah. you know, shot right. out of the sky. Yep. And it's crazy that you like went to this whole thing and did, you didn't feel like there was anything where it was like, oh, that was it. He crossed the line. It's over. I mean, I felt like, like there was things, it. there's things that like in normal conversation would cross the line. Like if we said it on here, we wouldn't yeah. be able to do this. Anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you and I are also <laughs> concerned about not offending people. I don't think those guys really are. Cheers, I'll drink to that, bro. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they were making they were making references even to that, like uh, an overarching theme of um, Tony Hinchcliffe's set was cancel culture. And talking about, like, he opened the show basically saying, you guys ready to get canceled with me tonight or something? Yeah. And I think that was a large part of why they had people lock their phones up was because they didn't mm. want people recording things and then putting it on Twitter and saying this guy is this said kind of person this. because he yeah. said this in a you know comedic whatever. Mm-hmm. Um which side note, of course there was those guys that would that really pride in the prided themselves on being able to rip the bag open and get their phone back. Oh. Like we were we went out to a bar afterward and there was, you know, just like lingerers that were in that area and they were like, Yeah dude, I, that bag lasted five minutes and then I ripped my phone really? out of it. It's like <laughs> Who cares, Man, I bro? Would, I just, wouldn't even just do the thing, you know. I get what you were saying a little bit earlier about how you notice how much you count on your phone or like want to capture moments, but yeah, I don't know if I'd even at a certain point, twenty minutes in, I'd have just been like along for the ride, right? Well, yeah, that's <sighs> what that's the thing. Makes like, you the, sad. The only time that I wanted my phone was when I was sitting in my seat by myself waiting for right. my <laughs> yeah, group. at the beginning. But right. then they didn't have their phones either. So, like, it would have just been to sit on Instagram or something, you know? Man, you were in, like, the 1800s for a little bit there. It, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but That's so crazy. Like, the only other thing I would have used it for was to take a picture of people on stage that, you sure. know, like, you always Say take you pictures. Yeah, put it on Snapchat or whatever. You always take pictures or videos of shows, and then they sit on your phone Live ever, and you never yeah. go back and look at them. You know? I know, you just pass by them when you're looking for something else, and then you're like, I should delete all these, but you feel bad, like it's some sort of nostalgic moment. I don't know, or or you're like on a plane or something, or, or and you go through them and you end up deleting them all anyways. Right? Yeah, it just takes up space on your phone. So yeah. you liked it, so you'd go, you'd go see him again, probably. Yeah, I would, I would. I mean, like I said, I've been a fan of his for a while, so like he's been in some hot water recently just because of his stance on COVID and some things that he said and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, because I've been a fan of, of his for a while, that didn't really put any sort of taste in my mouth, you know, yeah, about, about him. So There's something to being able to enjoy a product, you know. I mean, I just mm-hmm. found out some stuff I think just saw this morning about the VP of Sony in hot water about, oh, really? about some things. I'll let people Google that. But... I mean, I still got a PlayStation. I, I have, I have a lot of Sony sound equipment products, and like, I get going. You, you think you're gonna stick it to the man by like boycotting and saying like, "Oh, I just found this out about this guy, so I'm never gonna buy Sony again." I mean, okay, you can, but there's not enough of you to stop anything from happening. Like, right? There's enough people that just consume products and don't care where they come from. Mm-hmm. 
So I, you know, like you said, yeah, he might have some, he might have some things that even you might disagree with or whatever, but you can still enjoy what he's doing. Right. His comedy, right? Right. And the other thing too is I don't agree with a lot of the points that were made on stage. Surely. I just thought they were hilarious. Yeah. The way, the The way that the delivery is hilarious. The premise itself is funny (laughs) because... The thing about that style of comedy that makes me laugh too is a lot of the premises are things I've never even thought about. So sure. part of the funny part is you just like realizing how ridiculous some like seemingly mundane thing a, a part of yeah. life is. And you're like, yeah, that is kind of weird. And then they yeah. say something about it and it kind of drives it home. But like a lot of the things, it's. It, I mean, I have a pretty messed up dark sense of humor anyway. Which I enjoy. So it's easy for me to even if I don't agree with the joke... To think things to are just, funny. But part of the thing I, yeah. that's funny about it for me is like knowing how uncomfortable it, it is. Yes. You know, most like people. feeling yeah. the tension in the air and you're just laughing. <laughs> like you're laughing because the thing they said is so outrageous that like yes. it's it's funny in a way. So yeah. But yeah, I think that point that you're making, I hear this a lot about people like that hate Jeff Bezos, right? They're like, mm-hmm. I, Jeff Bezos is scum of the earth. And then they have their paper towels on auto order from Amazon. Like, (laughs) you know, I hate Jeff Bezos, but I'm going to keep using Amazon prime, you know, for everything I ever need to buy. It's like, what are are you doing by just like whining about how you don't like a guy? Everyone has bad qualities. Everyone does bad things. The best person, you know, even if you don't see it, does things that they shouldn't. (laughs) And Man, we're all just human beings. And right. I'm, I'm not even, I don't know if you and I will pro- will never do an episode on cancel culture, but there's just this thing to it where it's like. <sighs> Another one, yeah. What Another good thing. are you doing bringing every, everything down? Just, we know you don't like that. We know that that's not right. Mm-hmm. Anyone with a moral compass knows that this is not okay. But yeah, man. There's a lot more going on in your life than just you would assassinating hope. everyone <laughs> on yeah. the media. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is, this has become an episode on cancel culture. My sure. My, my stance on it. I, I just want to say this because I'm like I said, I'm so afraid of people thinking that I'm on the wrong side of something. But Everybody there are things likes you. So <laughs> there are things in this world that need to be called out. Right. There are certain injustices and things that people have done and said that. I think people should be held accountable and responsible for. Yes. Um, but at the same time, like the the Kevin Hart thing, do you remember this when he was supposed yes. to supposed to host the Golden Globes or whatever mm-hmm. award show? Would have been like the highlight of his life. He said that multiple times. And he like wasn't he chose not to because he was being um crucified basically for something he like a a bit that he did a, a, a long time ago. The bit was offensive. Like, I'm not going to lie. It didn't offend mm-hmm. me because it didn't pertain to like my demographic of humans, but I can definitely see why it was offensive and it was like uh, promoting violence against a certain demographic of people. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get why people would be upset by that. So it's like, it's this weird thing where I don't like that people go back so far and dig things up to like make people pay for them now when the person mm-hmm. Could, you know, like a lot can happen in that amount of time where they can change yeah. their opinions and, and things. I don't think Kevin Hart necessarily handled that situation in the best way he could. Like he could have just right. 
apologized and moved on and then did the show or whatever. Mm-hmm. He kind of he he did kind of make a thing out of it, I I think, but Yeah. Anyway, I just like comedy, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm not we easily just offended. Don't, we don't give people an opportunity, especially celebrities, people with that status. We don't give them our understanding in between said event and where they're at now. Mm. Um, as friends and as people we know, you know, like you, if if I went back in your Twitter feed and, and found something that was completely offensive, I, I wouldn't even be upset because I'd be like, yo, man, do you even remember tweeting this? And you're like, oh, yeah, I did tweet that. You obviously don't feel that way now, which yeah. that isn't true. If I went through your Twitter feed, I'm sure it's immaculate. But what I'm saying is... Um, I don't know about I mean, immaculate. It's definitely embarrassing. But the only, the only tweet I ever made that could have been offensive was I asked Starbucks to put cup holders in their bathrooms. And <laughs> they, I can't follow Starbucks to this day on Twitter. Mm. So I don't... They what, blocked they blocked me. you? They blocked me for that. What? Which is the best idea that I've ever wow. had. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, like, I don't know. You're right. What you said. No excuses for things that that should be condemned, but, um, there's just something about like enjoying media, enjoying comedy Mm. and just like letting it be funny. Mm. And I'm, we are not experts on this by any means. Well, I also want to say this, this is coming from the perspective of two people that are in like the demographic of people that are the least easily offended. We're two straight white guys guys (laughs) from the Midwest. Yeah. So like we have that, that's our lens of life. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not qualified to talk about it, but I do like comedy and like, I don't feel bad about laughing at the jokes because I don't agree with the points that they were making, you know? Yeah. And I'm the kind of person that makes fun of myself all the time. So when you brought up Seinfeld, man, that's like also my favorite comedy is I think there's so many people that watch that show and just don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm watching through it right now on Netflix and I am for the time that it was in, I am super surprised how it is not offensive. Yeah. Like, you know, like kind of back when you could make fun of certain culture and stuff mm-hmm. like that in society and everyone deemed it, you know, generally okay. Right. Like the way that they just kind of just gracefully dance around a lot of subjects and right man that's one of yeah because it's called like the show about nothing right Right. Mm -hmm. don't don't they say that Mm -hmm. like i'm pretty sure in the show they are pitching a show pitch the show yeah exactly (laughs) the exact show yeah (laughs) which is hilarious yeah man i think about that all the time even shows that are like 10 years old that you, you see things you're like could not say that How? today. Yeah. Yo, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I don't know. It's it, we are we're in a very fragile state of state of existence yes. right now on, on a lot yes, of fronts. Um Do you think do you think there's going to be a turn kind of like do you think we'll go back to just being like get everybody just take a step back and I don't think we will. I you think like, we're hurt. We're hurt as a society. I think the problem is phones. The problem is like mm-hmm. people's opinions that they can post online. Um, one, because it's like stuck there. People can always dig things back up that you've said, you know, but the other thing is there's a lot of loud voices online that just like start kind of start shit. 
you know, or like, yes, maybe the right way to say it is add fuel to the fire, right? Yes. A lot of the things that people are upset about, I mean, all of the things that people are upset about are legitimate, but then there's like this kindling of the fire constantly, you know, like, um, if people are just in this constant state of frustration and anger and mm -hmm. like hating each other and yeah, I don't know. I don't, maybe it's cause I'm a pessimist, but I don't really see it, a clear way out of that other than like, yeah blow ourselves up and start over, not have phones yeah. anymore. You know? Well, I mean, I still have that theory that Elon's just planning to leave us all behind and I don't blame him really, I, but I don't blame either. It's kind of, dude, kind of what you're saying is sort of the th theory of like someone like burning at the stake. Mm. It's like maybe society decided that that person should not be on this earth anymore, but Whoa. did we have to light them on fire right. and watch, you know? Yeah. And like yeah, you yeah. said, how many stones do we have to throw before it's like, okay, we get it. We get right. the point. And I've got stuff I watch. There's stuff I watch where I'm like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that. But I never am compelled to be like, I'm going to let Joe Rogan know. Yeah. Me on his I'm YouTube gonna channel. It. Yeah. I'm going to be the guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. guy that was up in the top saying F Joe Biden, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. I've never understood that. Like I have Let's like I'm not go, gonna pretend Brandon. like I don't have opinions about things, but I've never yeah. been compelled. I think he probably knew that that was the popular opinion of the room. We were in a sure. red state, Oklahoma, a lot mm -hmm. of rural folks were there, you know, that's just the demographic, right? Mm -hmm. I think he knew that it was a popular opinion. So that's hilarious. But I, I, I even if it. even if I knew I was like at the home team. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, you know? Yeah, just, that's the thing is like a guy like me and you, I could never see joining in on something like that. No. And maybe, maybe that's what semi-qualifies us to meagerly talk about this subject is because we aren't going to ever join in on something like that. On anything, because, yeah. On anything. We just would watch it happen. Well, I think you, know? you and I also try to be at least remotely self-aware and yeah. we do try as hard as we can to see or to empathize with people, right? And to see yeah. like what what the issues are. Like mm -hmm. a point that or something you just said was like, okay, we get it. I think the reason that there is always going to be this struggle is that um, some people will just never get it. You know, there will always be these people that will just say, I said what I said. You know, I don't regret it. You know, even if it's messed up, like even if it's yeah. terrible, like racist, homophobic, violent, promoting, all these kinds of things, like people are just, they'll always, you know, think that they're right because they said it, you know? And I think that Man, that's, the ego thing, that's the real problem, I think. They're not willing to learn. That's the other side of it. The, the whole other side of cancel culture is an inability for whoever's getting quote unquote canceled to recognize a problem mm. and apologize for it I, yeah. you know and that's yeah. just as bad of a thing right well i think honestly like i think that is the underlying problem you know there's a lot of the issues themselves like they're all terrible but like the the systemic underlying problem is that people just refuse to think about things take responsibility that and just refuse to think about things maybe in a different way you know just because they've 
I hate the the mindset of just like, well, this is the way I've always done it's it. It's always been this, is, this way. This yeah. is what I've always thought, so I'm never gonna change, you know? Yeah. I've never heard you say that. I have never heard you say that. The only time I've said that, and check my Twitter just in case, but the only time I've said that is to my wife. And and she does not let me get away with it. You know? With uh wanting to change your mind look at things in a new way or what? Yeah, I mean, I probably can't even give you a specific example, but she'll say, this has got to change. And I'll say, well, this is the way I've always done it. And she's uh, like, is I that see. a good reason to I keep see. doing it? And I'm like, oh. And she's like, what if a surgeon just said, this is the way I've always done it? I've always just cut their leg off mm. when this happens, you know? Yeah, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. I mean, I, I honestly, I will admit that I will tend to do things because it's how I've always done them. You know it works. Yeah. the I, I also have this weird... My brain is like Jekyll and Hyde, right? Like I will do a thing that I don't like and I will recognize that I don't like that that's why I'm doing it. Like I will be doing something and be like, man, I really should do this the other way, but this one last time I'm going to do it this way, you know? Yeah, and then I just I just time. keep doing it. But I know. In the same way. Yeah. Did we just solve the world's problems? <laughs> I think... Two guys... I think we just sitting in the Midwest. We just lost all of our fans. <laughs> Sorry, Maybe guys. we gained a few more. Maybe. I do appreciate that we try to see everything from this wide scope of Yeah. We are sort of just analyzing the day to day. And you know, we've talked about before how I'm always listening to the news and all that. Um I am I don't take to the interwebs and mm. try to try to tear anything down. I just I want to understand yeah. and of how much of that I hear every day I disagree with. I think you'd be surprised, but yeah. every day I come back to just try to understand what's happening. And right. like the cancel culture thing, well, like when that came up, I was like, should, should we be calling it that? I mean, mm. are we just calling people out? Maybe we should call it that. Mm. But then there was some of it that's kind of like, okay, I just want to like watch it all. And I don't want that to sound pacifist. Um, if I really felt like there was a subject or a matter that I could do something about, I would. But right. I, so far up until 29, there's not been a huge yeah, major life event. Haven't solved any of the problems. I know. I, I'm not Spider-Man. I've tried to be, but uh, I'm not. <laughs> I go back and forth on that all the time, dude. Like... Is that the right excuse for not being vocal about things and not being not saying things or whatever? But I just really don't think that I'm going to save the ocean if I throw a straw or if I use a paper straw. You See, know, man, if I gathered up as many people as I knew and tried to make a change in in certain things that I care about, because I do care about the world mm -hmm. maybe being used up and and all that and um if I gathered up every single person that would listen to me speak and go try to make a difference, we might make a little dent. Yeah. But there are there are philanthropists, actors, you know, billionaires putting millions and millions of dollars money towards this stuff and we're still scared. Yeah. You know, of the world burning up so Yeah. Does that sound like an excuse? Tell me if it is. I mean, a little bit, kind of, but also I think it's valid. You know, it's a, I don't know, yeah. it's a valid excuse. I think there's a lot of, a lot of other things to do in your life than, you know, you have a, a limited amount of bandwidth. This is a thing that I always say. 
and you have a you have a kid to raise, so you can try to guide him properly. Um, yeah. If you have another one or whatever, you know, teach them not to um, throw their straws in the lake and to treat yeah. people well and these things. But that will probably yeah. go further than sending a tweet saying how you feel about something. You know. Yeah. In my Man, opinion, I haven't tweeted in a long time. I, I want to tweet. I haven't either. <laughs> I uh, every time I Your get Twitter a, was funny. What happened? I don't know. I just you know people stopped liking my tweets. So You're so dark my and do- dry. My dopamine my- went away. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, every time I get a notification on Facebook about like 12 years ago, you said this, I just delete the thing that I said. You cringe it. I've delete. I've started deleting them. I'm like, I can't, yeah. I can't go on anymore knowing that these things are out there. It's not anything yeah. bad, but it's like, you know, when you're eight and you would say like, is really bored today as your Facebook status or something. It's like, Jake, no <laughs> yeah. one, who the, no one cares, bro. Go outside, you nerd. All right. Anyway, all that to say, it was fun to laugh this weekend. It was a great show. Good to get out of town. So, yeah. Glad you had fun. Thanks. Glad you had fun. Glad you had a good one. Yeah. Just a little side note. Every time I have a major event going on in my life, I just assume Jake is going to be there. And he (laughs) he has been telling me for a long time that he had these tickets and he's going to this show. But I just... I just truly believed that he was actually going to show up. His sister came and mm-hmm. some of her friends. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's messing with me, isn't he? Everyone that I love, his sister, my brother, said, he's not coming, dude. Let it go. And I was like, I can't. I shared my Until location I don't, with you. I know. Until I don't see him. What if you would have set that to your MacBook? I knew you were going to think that. See? I was like, this isn't even going to work because he's going to be like, he has an <laughs> iPad. He's just sharing his iPad location. He's going to ship his iPad to Tulsa and then he's still going to show up so that it yeah. shows up that he's in Tulsa. <laughs> that would be, that was a step further. That's Next level. Smart. But I'm glad you didn't show up because I've been looking for an excuse to come see you soon and I want to come do that. Nice. So like now, now somebody can't say, well, you just saw him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Similar Vein Podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already. Hit us up on Instagram and TikTok at Similar Vein Podcast. And until next time, we will see y'all. See y'all.